Welcome back to Crack On. I'm Marie Doyle Heffernan and this is the podcast about times in life where we had to find the crack in cracking on. Before I introduce this week's guest, I would like to remind my London listeners that there are still tickets available for my show in the Vaults Festival on January 28th at 4.30. You can get them on the Vaults Festival website or through the link on my Instagram bio. I am so excited to see you all. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, now back to the podcast. This week's guest is actually an old friend of mine and I hadn't seen him in a long time, so this was so much fun. It was also super motivating. He is a legend in the fitness world and the rest of the world too. Um, But he has such a positive, sunny outlook on life and truly is the person that he presents himself to be to the rest of the world. I think there's something in this episode for everyone, and our conversation definitely inspired me. So here it is. It's Rob Lipset. Okay, so Rob, before I start, I mean, I'll run um, through this with you, but like, how would you like to be introduced? Because I have some notes, okay? okay. So I have written, I mean, you're just incredibly successful and I know you've been at this for a long time now so it's not like it was an overnight success I know you work very hard but like I was just looking at like all your social media so you've got like over 260,000 likes on TikTok you've got 465,000 followers on YouTube and 636,000 followers on Instagram okay you are the founder of fitness app game plan is that right yeah and owner of the protein pancake brand fuel cakes Yep. Have I got all this right so far? Yeah, you are bang on at the moment. I'm like, keep going, keep going, babe. <laughs> <laughs> this is what okay, I want to so hear like, on a Monday morning. <laughs> yes, this is a great start to the week, just like an ego boost. I mean, but it's all you. So like, what would you call yourself? Like, what is your job title? Yeah, so that's something that I often battle with myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, Rob, what are you? What are you? <laughs> and so I think it's it's best summarized as a fitness entrepreneur, I guess, because it all revolves around fitness, be it you know, the fitness app, the YouTube channel, protein pancakes, uh, the coaching, all that, um, or even the companies I work with, you know, Ghost and Alphalete, they're all fitness companies. So it, it all comes down to the fitness industry, which I'm extremely passionate about. So I guess, I guess fitness entrepreneur. Yeah. I, also, like, I, I tend to kind of dislike the word entrepreneur. It sounds a bit grandiose. And a lot of people nowadays, it's like, you know, they sell, they sell uh, three months on OnlyFans and they're like, I'm an entrepreneur now. (laughs) You know, know, so it's a word thrown around a lot, but but I guess that's how I would describe myself. Yes, I think that's fair. I don't think that's too grandiose. I mean, okay. you're doing it, so we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I actually think like you know, you're an entrepreneur if you you make money by by in, by your own means in any way. I'm not sure the exact definition, but if you do it, yeah, something by yourself, you're even self-employed. I think you've got entrepreneurial tendencies. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's like all about also investing in yourself as well you know it's like that yeah I think there can be a few definitions we're allowed reinvent it so okay (laughs) that is so before we started recording you were explaining that you are living in Marbella so for people who don't know because obviously I'm very up to scratch with how Villa Lipset is going I'm obsessed (laughs) I feel like I followed the journey but just like tell people who maybe wouldn't know what you're like where you are in the world and what you're doing and 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, of course, from Dublin. For anyone listening, me and Mairead have known each other since, honestly, 12 years old. Like, yeah, I, so I swear to God. So when I saw your, your email saying, hey, do you want to jump on the podcast? I was like, oh, my God. Yes, you know, <laughs> so great to see you as well. You know, I'm delighted to chat. But so I, I spent my time between Dublin and Marbella. I was just back in Dublin a few few days ago. Um, but I was actually living in London when 2020 happened. I moved to London as, you know, again, good fitness scene there, never gone before. And so I was living in London, but it was in January, I think like 2021 or you know, one of the very first month and my lease was January to January. And so the, this January lockdown happened and my lease had just ended. And I was like, okay, Ireland is still fully locked down. London is closing all the gyms again. And again, I need gyms to survive. So yeah. I was like, where in Europe do I, am I familiar with that I've gone to a couple of times is more or less English speaking, you know, Marbella is just so, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. from the UK and Ireland here. Amazing gyms and good weather. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get an Airbnb monthly um, just until the London lockdown goes and I get new accommodation. And I went out here and I just kind of fell in love with it. And so when I came here, there was still slight lockdowniness. <laughs> Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the clubs were all, all the nightclubs were closed, but the gyms were open, the cafes were open. So I went and I was really productive. I didn't drink any alcohol for like the first few months I was here, really. Hardly went out. Um, so I got in killer shape. Um, I was really productive. I got more clients, you know, from being, you know, training hard and making content. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm really thriving here. And previously, I would think as Marbella is a place that you can go and just go absolutely wild in. And, you know, you're, you're hang, you go from Thursday to Monday and you're extremely hungover. You're like, get me home. You can't live here. Yeah. But yeah. then when I went there and, you know, I went swimming every day, hit the gym and I worked really hard. And I was like, oh, this is the quality of life here is actually great if you don't, you know, I go on the pace every day. Um, so yeah, after that month, I ended up looking at places to buy here because I'm sure you're well aware the property market in Dublin is just mm. world famous. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's notorious. It's crazy. Like London prices are, are of course insane. Okay, I get it. You're getting mm-hmm. London. You're getting pretty much the, the biggest city in Europe. I'm like Dublin. Come on, you know. What are you it, doing? It's like price? it's like half a million euro for a shed at this point, you know. Yeah. And I feel like there are people who are like they're being brainwashed to think that they're yeah. getting a good deal. Exactly. <laughs> That's such a good way to say it. you're getting told you're you're getting a good deal. So yeah. exactly that, you know. I was like, I'm either going to buy like the shed in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that glamorous or, shed. Yeah, your own one bedroom shed. Or, um, you know, pay ridiculous rent or I'll go out and purchase a villa in Marbella for, for a similar price. And so I did that. I found this place and it was owned by, I'm not exaggerating, they're about 85 years old. They were a Dutch couple. And mm. I guess they were just, you know, they're moving back to their home country, looking to get rid of it. And I put down an offer on it the day it went on sale and then got accepted and then I spent the last kind of eight months really is, is how long it took start to finish, just turning it into like my dream villa, modernizing it. And, you know, I made, made like a YouTube series 
and yeah. the, the little episode page and it just went really well and it was really enjoyable so that's where, where i am right now i'm in the the office you can see see these nice new walls oh, it's <laughs> it's so yeah. nice and i think in one of the videos i watched you said kind of like what it's like ibiza and tulum are kind of like your inspirations was that it yeah exactly and mykonos as well very glamorous oh, yeah. but uh just places that when you go to have a nice like let's say you stay in a hotel or an airbnb that they're really like minimal just like stone you know yeah. really clean and white as well so so that's what i wanted because i've i've got ocd as you can imagine like it's the clean i'm like it's like a whiteboard you know? i know i mean i yeah like i watch it and i'm jealous because i have two dogs so like anything white is like honestly like even like white bed sheets it's like yeah. i will i will brave it every once in a while and then it will be the very day that they're like you know what i'm just gonna go and like run around the back garden and then go straight for the bed you know <laughs> so it's off limits for me so i'm living through you <laughs> yeah, yeah thank you and so with like the job i'm in youtube and everything it's like i need kind of uh, it to look like a studio as you know you've got some lovely nice clean background going yeah. on there but so i need it to be really um yeah. easy on the eye whereas like i go home and like i try to record something and there's like 10 boxes of berries and lion's tea and like a you know <laughs> an array of spices behind me yeah like it always looks really cluttered. So <laughs> I, I kept that in mind, like a typical Irish mammy. So I kept that in mind when I was, when I was building it. Well, it looks incredible. I mean, I'd say you just wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, this is mine. Like, are you still pinching yourself? Yeah, I still haven't really gotten used to it. You know, I'm still like, and I'm still like adding a lot of furniture to it. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't gotten used to it. It's crazy. Um, okay, so I'm not sure if you had much time to have a look over the questions, but basically what I do is like, I'll ask each guest like roughly two times. I mean, if you want, if you want to talk about more, you can, but two times in life where they had to crack on. And by definition, my crack on is when something just doesn't go your way. If it's like, whether it's something big or small, it's a hurdle of some description and you have to overcome it but how you overcame it how you cracked on and also if there was like a lesson or a silver lining so I have no doubt I'm sure you have lots I mean I feel like you even like you're such a positive person but I I know that like it you know you worked very hard to get where you are today so yeah do you have you know times that spring to mind and will we talk about one in particular first if you want to yeah so so a tough time with a silver lining so I actually remember when the first ones ever, I was organizing a fitness event in Dublin. And so I was trying to do a seminar about training, nutrition, marketing, social media, um, how to market yourself as a personal trainer, everything. And it was my first ever event and I was so nervous to put it on. And I finally put, I put the ticket on sale and not one person bought a ticket. <laughs> not one. I had like this space rented and everything. And I was really early on in the fitness industry. I was quite young at the time. I think I was about maybe 23 or something. And I, I just kind of started out when I was like 21, 22. And so I was really low on confidence. And there was a lot of older guys in the industry we're like, who does this guy think he is? He's hardly been in the industry long. He's charging 50 euro for a ticket. Um, you know, screw this guy. And I ended up canceling the whole event. I canceled the whole event, okay? But this taught me 
so much about not only running events, but resilience as well. So fast forward a few years, I put on a huge sellout event, 800 people, flew in some of the top fitness entrepreneurs in the world from from America, Canada, UK, flew them all in, charged even more for the event, got sponsors for the, got sponsors paying to be at the event. It it was a huge success. And so what I learned, the two things I learned there is, of course, never give up, do your research, stay resilient. And also I was thinking back, I got so embarrassed on the first event that I took it down after like three days when the event was like weeks away. And I'm, I bet if I just let it let it go and like kept marketing it and pushing it in the weeks leading up to it, I bet you would have sold a few tickets. But I got yeah. so embarrassed and so so ashamed that I ended up canceling the whole thing and running off yeah. with, with my tail be- between my legs. So the silver lining there is definitely that I, you know, I learned so much about business marketing events. And I also learned that like, if something doesn't just go to plan straight away, like stick at it. Like, you know, if you launch a podcast and it gets no views, you know, no one listens to it, keep going. You know, if you watch yeah. a YouTube channel and that, you know, no one watches the first video, as was the case with mine, just <laughs> keep going, like keep uploading. And that there's actually a really interesting statistic with podcasts that it's something like 80% of podcasts don't make it past 20 episodes. And so, yeah, 20, not, that's not, not even much. And so if you go to, let's say, make it to 50 episodes, never mind like a hundred episodes, you're in the top percentile just by showing up, like just by showing up. Like you don't even have to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're just have, right there. <laughs> yeah, you can suck. Just show <laughs> up. And so that that has just been a, a huge life lesson for me. So there's that as well. That's that's one thing that was, you know, a bit of a mishap. With okay, so time. can I ask some questions yeah, about this go, first go. example? Because, because I got some for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I yeah, I have a feeling we'll have a long combo. Yeah. So with that, like I think being from Dublin and for people who listen to the podcast who aren't from Dublin, I think what is really hard to explain is like, it's not just embarrassing to like put on this kind of event. It's like, it's embarrassing because in Dublin, everyone knows each other. Oh, like, like it's like people are going to be like, oh my God, you see Rob Lipset like yeah. put this people, up or something. People from outside of Dublin don't get it. They're like, yeah. like, you know that meme of the Joker and he's like, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm telling my American friends. But it's yeah. like, they're like, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. Dublin is the only place on the planet I've traveled yeah. far and wide. I've lived in London, Marbella. I've actually lived months on end in LA, California. There's, there's nothing like Dublin. In a good way and a bad way, but in, exactly, a way, yeah, exactly. yeah, in a way that everyone knows everyone, everyone knows everyone's business and gossip. So if you do have, you know, uh, uh, you do something wrong or, you know, you do something embarrassing, that it's multiplied times 10. <laughs> but yeah. and it's also Irish um, humor to be, I don't know if you call it humor, to be a little bit begrudging towards each other and slag each other off. Like we're very harsh on each other. That's just yeah. like Irish culture. Um, but yeah, there's no other place in the world like it. And like when you were, you know, setting up this event, like at this time, were you kind of like texting? So this is what I found like, 
I because I have a stand-up show next weekend in Dublin and it's my first stand-up show in Dublin like I've done it for years in London but I've ne- just for like through the pandemic all this kind of stuff so I just had to shamelessly like I put up like a close friend story on Instagram and I was like guys sorry but like please share it like I need <laughs> <Yeah>. help <laughs> yeah. were you like, asking people like yeah yeah so the, actually the time I've done that as well you know I bet you asked all your friends from like school yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I remember when I started it was a fitness page um you know Rob Lips of fitness on, on Facebook and this was my first venture out in social media before YouTube, before TikTok, Instagram, anything, okay? It was actually mm. Facebook, showing my age here. <laughs> <laughs> but it, at the time, I would just write, like, articles. I didn't even make videos. I would just write fitness articles as posts. And the first time I made this page, I nearly had a mini heart attack. I was like, what the hell is everyone going to think of Rob posting topless pictures of himself? on Facebook, giving fitness advice. And I was just like, guys, would you just please share the Facebook page? I know. <laughs> I know. Like- fair, you know, you know, a lot of my friends and to be fair, everyone did, you know, and that, that's a real, real sign of a good friend group. Cause I know girls actually in particular, there's a few cases in, in Ireland. I know they started like a fitness journey and they started posting, you know, about all their fitness content and their friends started acting weird around them. You know, and I was, and I was like, and one of the girls who did this actually came to me to talk about it. And I was like, they're not your friends. You know, that's, that's not true friends right there. So yeah, you know, it it can be tough as well, but if you got a good friend group beside you, then they should share what you're doing the way they share whatever Bella Hadid or some celebrities are doing. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I'm like, is people sharing like Bella Hadid getting a spray on dress? I'm like, I'm making a video and all, but share, share your friend's business. You know? Yes. Oh my God. I'm going to like quote that. Like share my page the way you share Bella Hadid's yeah, page. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so what? So from the first event that you ended up cancelling to the event years later that like sold loads of tickets was a big success. What were you able to do to change your mindset? Like, what were the things? Because obviously, it's not only it's not only your presence online that sold tickets. It's your drive that obviously was behind it. So, like, how how did you evolve over those years? And what are the kind of ingredients that made you like who you are today kind of thing yeah. I know that's a huge question no, but you can I, just I've, name actually, a few. I've actually I was thinking about this this recently and when you're confident in yourself even online people can smell it people yeah, people yeah. can it doesn't matter if it's true screen it's how you speak to camera it doesn't matter people can see if you're really believe in what you're doing and if you're really sure of what you're doing and if you're on the right path, I, it's, I, it's hard to explain, but people will just know. The craziest thing is people can easily detect if you're not sure of yourself, you're not confident in yourself in person, but people can also do it online. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So people can get a vibe that if, if you're like, half putting something out there you know you know you're kind of apprehensive to to share it and promote it you don't fully believe in it and if you're not even the way you speak if you're not really well versed and know exactly what you're talking about it people can detect it immediately so having true self-confidence is so important and and it's what people will 
pick up on so easily, I've learned. So yeah. you really got to believe in your mission and, and know exactly what you're talking about. And not only in person now, online. So that's something yeah. I've learned a lot. And so like, even like if, if I go through maybe a month or a week where I'm not feeling sure of myself and I'm not so positive and you know, because I do have damn days as well, <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, that and, was definitely going to be one of my questions. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and so people can detect that as well. Yeah, okay, okay. So, like, went from the event that, like, it obviously was a success, did it sell out? Like, tell me more about, like, the successful event. I want to yeah. hear, like, the, the payoff. <laughs> yes, the, the, good, the good part. So, yeah. um, it was called the Creator Agency event, so where I bring content creators together and you know, CEOs of business, people that create good stuff, brought mm-hmm. them together to talk about their journey. I actually did the two. So, but there was one, then they're both sell out actually. And so the first one was in a hotel in Dublin off Angel Street. What's that? It's the, I think it's the Radisson or something. Um, okay, it's, yeah. It's in town. And I had like people like Ross Purcell speaking at it, uh, Owen Roddy, which is Conor McGregor's striking coach, and um, you know, mm-hmm. a few other YouTubers, myself. And it was really good. And then for the next one, it was actually, I was like, I need a, a bigger venue. And so I got to rent out the RDS. And I oh, was, wow. you know, I'm like, that's for Irish people. Listen, that's a, an amazing venue. And then, so I had like 10 different sponsors set up booths around the crowd. So there was like 10 stalls there. And you know, of course you had to pay to have a stall to sell your product. And um, over 800 people bought tickets. And the speakers were, you know, some of the, the biggest YouTubers in the fitness industry, like Christian Guzman, Max Tuning, um, Marine from, from Holland, there's people from, from Amsterdam as well, and all flying in to talk about their journey, really. And so I, w- I didn't even give a talk that day. I was emceeing. You just got to sit back and relax. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how a real boss does it. Yeah. No, I was there, sit back, and, and I interviewed everyone. So kind of like what you're doing now, but just on a live stage, there's a good little business model for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like that. And so I would just um, ask them, you know, how they started, you know, uh, what was really the most beneficial things they found uh, helpful in their journey, how they continue to evolve. Each chat was about 45 minutes. So again, just like doing a live podcast. And yeah. here's here's the coolest thing from that whole day. And this, this is like legacy stuff, okay? There's guys that, uh, there's a few examples in particular that, uh, that I have in mind. But there was a, there's a lot of people that said this to me, but a few huge ones, okay? So I get like messages, okay? And they're like, hey, Rob, I have went to your event that day back in, I think, 2018. And they're like, again, you know, just before the pandemic, I want to do more of these. But they're like, I went to your event back in 2018. And that day I went out and started the business I always wanted to start. And I was like... Oh, um, not that's amazing, bro. Send me the business. These huge businesses with like five hundred thousand <laughs> followers, like huge clothing brands. Like I won't name names, but like, man, like millionaires. These guys are millionaires, and I'm oh like, I, I'm like, first of all, give me a share. <laughs> I'm like, good of that. But second of all, I'm like, whoa, like they're like we wouldn't have started these multi-million euro businesses without going to the event that day so like the knock-on effect of just encouraging people and and motivating people and being more positive and yeah people a little push is is crazy and if you want to go even like deeper on that you know 
those companies will employ more people that really change lives. And maybe that their company and their story, when they tell it, will inspire another business yeah. start. So like from just having this one thing, it had a huge knock on effect. And that just makes me feel really good inside. I mean, that's like, that's best case scenario out of yeah. those kind of events. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, so oh crazy. my God. Like, I'm not selling a single ticket to like inspiring huge companies to to begin um, is, is, is definitely silver lining. Yeah, Jesus. So, okay, so you're saying you want to do more of these events and it was just, what, the pandemic? Yeah, like- so, so the last one I did, I, I've done three in total, one, one a year, 2017, 18 and 19 or just before and the last one I did was actually in London. It was in Chelsea. And so again, you know, um, same same thing. I just bring people together to talk about their journey, MC, have booths set up. And then, yeah, of course, there was no events for two years. I'm no. sure you didn't like the stand-up Zoom, <laughs> Zoom sessions. I I tapped out of that one. I was like, um, I'm going to wait until I can hear some laughs. Like yeah. I think some some like gigs we're doing, I do like I say gigs lightly. Um <laughs> like they were doing like, oh, wave your hands like instead of clapping cuz like you have to be no, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. No, thank you. Like stand up oh my- is like awkward enough as it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so hopefully you'll get maybe one on next year. I mean, yeah. I would love to go. These sound yeah. amazing. They're awesome. And so yeah, the last one I did was in London in Chelsea just before everything happened. And yeah, that was a funny one as well, because like I, I ended up, I couldn't see the venue before uh, booking it. Like, cause I just didn't have the time to go over and check it. And yeah. so I was like, Oh, it looks good in pictures. Yeah. It looks good. It's fine. I went over and it was like an abandoned warehouse. I'm like, how could you get this in Chelsea? Oh my God. <laughs> it was like near like the Bluebird Cafe or something. Yeah, so, yeah. So I was like, wow, great location. And I went in and it was like a derelict warehouse. So I, I was in London the day before having to scrub up with like an industrial brush, make the place like look decent and like trying to turn on the heaters because it was in winter in London. The place was freezing. Um, but look, I ended up pulling it off and, you know, I was right. like, guys, it's a, it's a rustic vibe today. You know, we're going for the industrial look. Yeah. And it actually looked really cool in photos and videos. So, yeah, I think actually sometimes playing up to that stuff as well yeah. can, can just add to it. And you know what? Like what I always think is like, because, well, <laughs> this has kind of unlocked a new anxiety that I wasn't thinking about because my gig next weekend, I have not seen the venue. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> What am I going to do? Okay. But, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. But I think like no one actually knows what you had envisioned versus, you know, so sometimes in our heads, we're like, oh God, like everyone's going to be so aware of like, this isn't like a gorgeous like conference room in a hotel. And it's like, no, they just bought a ticket for what they're experiencing. They're exactly. not buying a ticket for like the room. You know? That's so true. And then that applies to so many different things. It's like oftentimes we're overthinking everything it's like mm. no one's even looking at you, <laughs> you know I mean? like no one cares no yeah. one cares about yeah. you as much as you care about you <laughs> yeah no so that's that's one thing that will actually help you a lot in life if you realize that no one cares 
by you. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Okay, so let's talk about your second moment because that was like such a good one. I feel like even just like you're like transforming the room. I mean, that's kind of a crack on moment as well. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. I, I completely <laughs> forgot about that one until right there. I forgot I even did an event in London. So Yeah, it's like you probably blocked it out. Like the, you know, like stress <laughs> and nerves. You're like, oh. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I want to do one in, um, in Marbella as well. Like, Again, it would be my, my audience is primarily Irish, so I might it might be a more smaller one, um, but it's just definitely a way to where you work it. it. Would be kind of marketed more as like a, a luxury retreat, and you know, you go and maybe, maybe even keep it to like thirty people instead of yeah. hundred. You know, and the second yeah. thing setback with a silver lining that I had was, of course, this year speaking of it was was building this this villa and it was yeah. the whole renovation project project so it started in january and we were of course you know oh i'll have it finished before summer you know my, my builders yeah. but i actually love my builder we're, we're good mates and like he actually did it really fast but there's always going to be a few months just setback with it with properly yeah. like this is always how it is okay so the the year has been really i've been all over the place i've rented in four or five five different like airbnb monthlies and like i had to i was going home for a month i ended up like going to america for a month I was in tulum for a month and this all sounds like great it sounds you know, whoa, whoa, Rob, first yeah. world problems. But I actually, like, I was living out of a suitcase, and that's really bad for not only uh, my training, nutrition, I had no kitchen, and my yeah. productivity as well, which really gets to me when I'm not productive enough. I, I really hate on myself when I'm like, Rob, you're wasting your, your day, you're wasting week, you could be doing so much more. Um, but then, the, so I was so hard on myself this year, actually, and I, I didn't get enough done as I wanted to. But then I was like, hold on, you just built your dream villa. Like, you know, you, you like, what are you complaining about? So that was the silver lining there. So this year I've been all over the place, living out of a suitcase. But the, the silver lining is that I end up getting my, my dream home. And it was all worth it. Yeah, it's all worth it. I feel it's only just be beginning. And it's like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, that was kind of productive because I got it built. Yeah. yeah. And I think suitcase yeah, like, definitely tough. I was gonna say, like, I think that's probably a good lesson for you as well to like not be so hard on yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely like what's that scene in it? I think it's like once upon a time in Hollywood where Leonardo DiCaprio keeps messing up like his lines and like, yeah. you're an idiot, it's your fault, it's a goddamn whiskey sours. <laughs> Oh my god, okay, so that's you with the suitcase. <laughs> it's me when I'm all over on a Sunday. I'm like, it's the whiskey sours. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so I'm definitely unnecessarily hard on myself. And trying to listen to this, that are beating themselves up about, you know, maybe they're, they're not where they want to be, they're not working hard enough. Beating yourself up over it doesn't make you better, it doesn't make you more productive. Killing yourself about, like, you know, not working hard enough or not being productive enough does not make you work harder. It actually just yeah. puts you in a bad mood. So you got to speak to yourself like you're someone that you love. And it's like, would you ever say like to someone you love, you're not doing enough. You're sucking yeah. this. You know, you would never say that. You'd be like, oh, look, come here. 
give us a hug and you know yeah, get through so this. True. So you always gotta be aware of yourself talk because it's like you're the person that you are with the most. So you need to speak to yourself as kindly as possible and, and speak to yourself like you're your best friend, love yourself and be like be really affectionate towards yourself because you're all you got at the end of the day. So that's something that I need to work on uh, a lot as well, you know. So yeah. not not always like a positive all time. But with that said, I'll go mad at myself for a while, but then I'll always pull it back. And, you know, my, my default is always to look at the glass half full. And when you say you like, you know, you get like disappointed in yourself, like, is it after, like, what would be the things that you're disappointed at? Like what, like a weekend of drinking or like what, skipping the gym or something? Or do you ever skip the gym? Yeah, so I actually find that the gym is one of the easiest things for me to stick to i think it's just like after it gets easier as the years go on i find and when other people say this too it kind of becomes a habit and uh, so there's a, an amazing book um, called atomic habits by james clear and he talks about just uh, how powerful habits are and that once you instill habits then things get easier and easier and you don't even think about them kind of like you don't think about brushing your teeth or you don't really think about waking up in the morning at a certain mm. time. Um, so once you instill these habits, it becomes just second nature. So going to the gym for like an hour a day, sometimes I even wait from some time, I do like less than an hour, I do like 45, 50 minutes. Um, it is really just like easy for me to stick to. Stuff that is hard for me is like doing like emails, editing, client work, um, posting on social media. I even hire people like to run my TikTok, um, but I still find it find it difficult to keep up with. YouTube yeah. definitely is the hardest, like being consistent on YouTube. Because even if you have like a videographer and an editor and all, you still have to be so hands-on with, you know, yeah. what, what goes or you'll have a, you know, like a, a Logan Paul situation where like, you know, you put up, he puts up something that's just a complete disaster that he obviously didn't check over or something. I don't know. But yeah. like, you'll, you'll, so you still need to oversee everything. But having a YouTube channel is like, I've worked so many different jobs. Like I'm making sandwiches and spar, being a, you know, cleaning up hotels. I've worked so many things. Being YouTubers is the hardest thing that I've ever done. I'm not. I'm not even joking. Like mentally, it's so so straining. Like you're always. It's, it's like running a TV channel. Yeah, like because I saw there's this um, girl I follow on TikTok, and she was breaking down like the money she makes um, across social media, and because yeah. she has more than like a million followers, she doesn't make any money off Instagram anymore. Like it's like basically people. I guess like brands will pay her, but so she was doing like a breakdown and the most money she makes is on YouTube because yeah. you, what, like, I guess if you upload like a 30 minute video, if you can have a few ads in there, you can be making thousands of like oh, one video, oh, right? Seriously. Like I don't even optimize mine too much and I still, you know, make great money at the end of every month. So the way I, what I get most of my money from is what I do with the views versus the views on YouTube. So you get paid per view okay. on YouTube. But let's say I get a million views and you know, YouTube might pay you two grand for those million views, which is great. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay? Especially if you only do like, that's for every video. So if you do 20 okay. videos, if you do 20 videos in a month and they all have like around 50,000 views, you'll get like a couple of grand at the end of the month. So you don't have to be getting like a million views. But let's say we take those million views and I get, you know, so you get two grand, <clears throat> let's say out of those million, a thousand of people who watch it sign up to my app for like 30 euro a month. 
let's mm-hmm. 30 grand instead of oh you know two God. grand so it's and let's say loads of them you know use the, the code on my for my sponsors and i get commission off that well then again that's going to be a lot more than two grand so yeah what what you do with the views is more important than the views itself and so that's why i'm like there's some youtubers that like they rely solely on views and it's like you should really have like a business as well to kind of catch those viewers like be it selling merch or you know doing live gigs and events to go to which most most do now but there's a few that are just like relying just on views and it's like no you need to diversify and and make a business out of that. But in terms of like, so you're saying like TikTok and Instagram, YouTube's the only platform that will actually pay you. Like I get like a thing from Google, Google Limited into your account every month. Like, cause you know, that's wow. who owns And so it's like TikTok, Instagram, no pay slip from them, you know? So I-, I And it's I, like, I, there should be, like they need I, us. Exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah. so I, I urge um, a lot of people um, to just get on, on YouTube. I'm very pro YouTube. I, I think it's, it's a powerful platform. Is this, is this podcast on YouTube? Well, it will be now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. So how, like, this isn't necessarily like a crack on question, but I'm just so curious. Like, were you always this business minded? Like, how did you get like this? So I, I think I was I'm not, not, first of all, no. And I was <laughs> working so many different jobs. This is like, I'm trying to think, I would have been like maybe 20, 21. I started YouTube at 22. So like, I kind of separate my life between 22 and after 22 and before. And yeah. so what's that Taylor Swift song? Isn't like, <laughs> don't ask me how I remember that. You know, I'm not like a secretly massive Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. I just listen to it every morning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like my alarm clock. Anyways. And so I, before that I was just like working in loads of different jobs in retail, like in house of Fraser, loads in Dundrum. <laughs> Hollister, of course. Obviously, <laughs> where all the people yeah. went. <laughs> I just shouldn't even have to mention that. And then I was working, I was working in the last serious job I had, I was working like nine to six in a startup company. And I was just, it was just an op- operations executive. It was just at an office desk, just, you know, for the whole day, really. And I was really depressed. I was like, I'm really young. I'm like, I'm hating my job. I'm like, I should actually, like, if I quit, it doesn't even matter because if I fail, because I can just come back to this. So like, yeah. I'm so young at the time. I was like, I can actually mess up 10 times and come back to this. And so I went into my boss and I was like, look, my passion is in fitness. Uh, I, I would need to go full time in the, in the fitness industry. I'm, you know, I've got a good bit saved up. And then, you know, I've been doing it on the side as well. So I was already making a little bit. He would actually always go over to my desk. I'm doing like plans for other people. <laughs> like going to plans and he was like, <laughs> so I, I said like, you know, hey, look, I'm going to leave. And he was really cool about it. He was like, yeah, you know, I think you're right. He was like, go for it. So that, that, was, that was the day I kind of switched from, working, you know, yeah. a, a corporate lifestyle, if you can even call it that, um, to being more entrepreneurial. And then when you're on your own, you just have to be, you know, business orientated, you know, yeah, yeah. you have to be self-sufficient. And I think everyone in the fitness industry, it's a really good industry for an uh, entrepreneurial zest. Like, you know, because there's so many different avenues to go, you know, you can, uh, you can make your own supplements, you can make your own coaching programs, you can make your own eBooks, you can write a book, 
You can make your own app. Like there's so many Hi. different, you can make your own gym clothing. Like there's just so many different venues to go down. You can organize fitness retreats in Bali, Marbella. Like there's a lot to do. And everyone at the end of the day is interested in fitness. Like does it, everyone goes, yeah. you know, goes to the gym in some way, not saying everyone's a bodybuilder, but like everyone has some decent interest in staying healthy. So and like bettering themselves in some way. And exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like most of my clients aren't like big gym heads. Like they're just like yeah. you know, normal people. Who just, it's actually someone, a girl that I'm coaching at the moment. And she just stepped into the gym for like the first time ever. And it made me so happy. Why? Like actually I've had like people die down for like, clients died down for like cover model shoots or bodybuilding shows and sorry sorry guys but that actually made me happier you know that like just that, that girl starting the gym for the first time because i know it's going to be one of the best decisions she'll make in her in, in her entire life and um, yeah. so yeah you know there's a lot of different things to do and and everyone is into the gym at some stage yeah oh my god that is amazing oh actually i, I have to read you this okay, okay this is quite funny because um I mean, I don't know if I'll keep this in because my brother may kill me. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> but um, my, okay, so this happened like a year ago. Let me just like find the exact text because my brother, okay, so you, my, my brother is turning 18 this month, okay? So he's like a lot younger than me. Like he's in Michael's like proper rugby lad, you know? And nice. uh, he, his, you were his profile picture on WhatsApp, okay? <laughs> and I was like, so I texted him and I said, why is Rob Lipsick your profile picture? <laughs> and he replied, because he is the grande formaggio and a goat. <laughs> I said, we, we call my brother Squidge. I said, Squidge, that is really weird. He's in my ear. And he said, you're so lucky. <laughs> I said, Squidge, I'm so confused. And he goes, why can't you let me have my icon as my profile picture? <laughs> he said, he is a goat and an inspiration. Oh, no, that, that makes my day. Like that, that honestly, especially the grande formaggio. I had never heard that phrase. Have you? That, that must be a type of cheese. Yeah, I guess the, the big cheese, right? Okay, nice, nice. Oh, I don't know. I will, I will absolutely, absolutely take that. But, so you know uh, what? Maybe that's your job title now. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm the Grande Formaggio and yeah. I am a goat. I'm the CEO. Yeah, exactly. All in one. I'll just like memorize that. That's going in my in my bio. bio. Instead, <laughs> instead of like fitness entrepreneur, I'm like, <laughs> good to meet you. It's the Grande Formaggio, also known as the goat. <laughs> People just I, mean, like, I am not working with this guy. <laughs> do you like you must know that like I guess like a lot of young guys like look up to you so much do you get like loads of dms and stuff of people yeah like, yeah fan, and, and fan I, I, oh, I, I hate the word like fan it's like it feels <laughs> weird saying oh, i got fans but, uh, but yeah you know so my main demographic when you go into it is actually it's guys in their 20s you know like usually your demographic is like you you know so it's like 
I'm like a 90% male audience. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> that's really I'm interesting. Like, oh, yeah. Where that? I'm like, I yeah. started at the gym to get girls and there's just a bunch of dudes here. I'm like, God damn it. It's like when you buy a nice car or a nice watch. It's just yeah. dudes like, oh, sick, look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't know the difference between a nice watch, you know? Yeah, but exactly. like, they're like, oh my God, is it like a Rolex, blah, blah, blah. Seriously. <laughs> but so, sorry, sorry the gym, the girls didn't get them. But yeah, so my, my avatar, my demographic is just just a, a bunch of guys, um, usually in their 20s, but a lot who are just 18 and getting started in the gym. And I love that. Like yeah. that, I, I really pride myself. And every time I, I meet someone who, I actually meet loads of Marbella, obviously the most in Dublin, just like yeah. walking around or in gyms where, where the LF army would frequent. You know, <laughs> army, but everyone is, is always so nice and just comes up and they're like, hey, you know, watch your videos. You told me how to track my macros really appreciate that or hey you got me into the gym yeah and that just makes my day like i've not gotten sick of that and i appreciate it so much and because and it's, it's a positive great. thing yeah it's, oh, it's, it's so nice i've never met a hater in person you know never grace yeah and i also think it's really cool getting the younger generation into fitness because well like i think that's you know, an amazing thing to do like where how do I say the population is the most it's ever been overweight and out of shape, you know, especially in places like America. So this is again, something that I'm passionate about. I'm like, Mm. we, the whole, every country as a whole, actually think Ireland is is second worst than Europe, to be honest. But I'm like, we all need to focus more on our health and exercise. And I think that starts by educating the next generation and getting the next generation into the gym and to, you know, be, conscious of their diet to be eating better and so when i see like some young lad who's like putting up mad numbers in the gym he's like stronger than me you know? <laughs> put up mad numbers in the gym and you know i i always have a lot of respect for that okay i love that yeah i think it's funny as well because like when we were growing up like we were just like drinking in like fields oh my god for any listening me and Marade have definitely drank in a field together yeah like wildly <laughs> underage as well yeah, I'm 14 <laughs> 14 it's great crazy drinking culture in ireland and that's even yeah. like that's just so another thing when i'm working with like american clients and irish clients i'm like i have to like give them heads up i'm like look just uh, are you drinking this weekend yeah. <laughs> i'm like just tell me we can work around it <laughs> because like i think that's the number one thing like i i consider myself like healthy like yeah. I know you were like, when you said vegan diet, I was like, oh no, I'm vegan. But like, whatever. I mean, it's a life. Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, I consider myself like quite healthy and like, I like eating healthy. I like working out and everything, but it's like drinking is what sets you back like 100%. Like, do you, can you drink on weekends or do you allow yourself what? Like every once in a while, like how do you manage it? So that's something that I I definitely feel strongly about is like, you know, alcohol and and I've been conscious of how it affects not only my my fitness, but also my productivity and mental health, everything. And so in terms of fitness, well, yeah, you know, there's a few actual protocols. There's a chapter in my book on drinking alcohol and getting shredded. Same one other PT who's got that. Okay, so <laughs> the basic guidelines is that like, so there's so much, a lot of calories in alcohol that, you know, we often don't realize even if you're having like you know, vodka, people are like, oh, it's clear water. But no, it, there is calories in vodka. I discovered this recently. It's such yeah. a 
pain in the ass. It's a harsh <laughs> reality. And then like if you're having cocktails, like I love an espresso martini, I love a whiskey sour, but you pay them back like three of them a night and it's like, you know, you're coming up to like a thousand calories, which again is yeah. half your daily intake. And then it's also what it leads to. So you don't move the day after, you just lie on the couch. So your you know, activity level will be very low. It leads to being weaker in the gym. It dehydrates you. Um, you make poor food choices. It lowers your inhibitions. You sleep with yeah. that person you don't want to sleep with. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not new with fitness, though. Well, maybe it is. You know. <laughs> but so, so it definitely does have a big impact. But what I do recommend is if a client is like, or myself, is like, hey, I've got a wedding this weekend on Saturday. How should I approach it? I'll be like, okay, well, just lower your calories. Not nothing drastic. Like, don't starve yourself. Just lower them slightly. Three or four days leading up to the event. Do an extra half hour cardio or a walk every day, and you and then just go for lower calorie options like Coke Zero and and vodka, and have a water in between. And then so the days leading up to it, you've created this calorie buffer or like a bank of calories. It's called like calorie banking. So you can spend that calorie money when you want. It's like you know, so Love you can save up for an event. And so that it's important to do these things as well because. Fitness should improve your life, not take over it. <laughs> okay, so here is my lightning round. Okay. Um, but like, you don't have to answer it like too fast or anything, but it's just like a crack-based questions. I don't know if you got a chance to read these, but like... I, 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 I prefer not to, so I give an honest, straight-up answer. Okay, love that. So your personal idea of the crack. So an ideal night out, night in, just what's your... Like when someone's like, what's your just like ideal... Okay, the crack, like a bit of rowdy crack would be like a group of your friends, your male friends, your bros at like a beach party or a pool party. I love daytime stuff. Ideal night out though is honestly with your other half in a really fancy restaurant, bottle of wine, little espresso martini for dessert, you know, and, and a lovely like sushi or something like that. That's like real, my ideal night out. Love that. Okay. That and you got the guys in there and you got the exactly. shout out to everyone. Shout yeah, out to everyone. yeah, you're keeping it fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My okay. first podcast. <laughs> A habit you can't crack. Uh, going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, it's that's probably so, true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a habit that I'm trying to get into now is I want to upload, stick to an upload schedule on YouTube. Because I'll always okay. upload like, you know, once a week or something, but they're always on different days. I would love to have like a schedule, like uploads every like uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, you know, okay. just make it, make it more organized. Yes. That's something I'm, I'm focusing on at the moment. And now you've said it. So, so we're here to hold you accountable. You accountable you've, you've said it now. Yeah. World, uh, yeah. upload, upload tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> day, take it out. I drink that. <laughs> oh yeah you said that people don't like your your lag videos yeah yeah no it's just everyone all the guys just want to get arms and chests and it's just like how girls it's just really want to get obvious yeah, yeah i know yeah it's it, it like, looks just bad. do the likes yeah, yeah just do them just do them like you'll feel better yeah do us all a favor okay do likes, do likes. okay the first time you cracked on so your first kiss i don't know do you remember your first kiss uh yes yes and it was in ring in Klosner Rinna in our school and it was actually a girl you went to school with. Who? <laughs> Who? I tried it. I, if it's the right one. Oh no, no, no. It was before. It was before this. This was my first, I think, girlfriend. 
I'm trying to, it was, it was a Toria and Ring. Yes, this yes. is amazing. I was hoping that I would know who you're, I, yeah. I thought I would. Yeah, I think that was my first girlfriend. I was in sixth class, yeah, in Ring. So shout out Toria. Actually, Toria, Toria. Day, she was at a wedding or something. Toria, claim to fame. Yeah, there you go. First right. kiss. Yeah, <laughs> I know my first kiss. I th- okay, I but first one girlfriend. One first girlfriend, yeah. Rain was like what sixth class? Or sixth first class, first yeah. So you're like twelve. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's a twelve year old with a girlfriend now? I'd be like, stop that at once, <laughs> young man. What are you doing? Like I saw a picture of me uh, when I was twelve, and I'm like, you are a child. Yeah, like a pro. Yeah, my nephew is twelve. Oh, yeah, I think he's thirteen now, and I'm like, oh, he won't, he won't have a girlfriend until he is twenty. No. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um someone or something that always cracks you up like whether it's a tv show or a movie or or a person in your life you know yeah linda actually makes me laugh a lot as well so she's actually quite she's very she's very funny and so that's one of the, we were doing like a q and a on you know um, what we like about each other yeah and she actually do and she actually does make me laugh a lot um, or one of my friends, Louis, as well. Uh, he's another YouTuber as well. Just, just gets me giddy. So, yeah. Th- those Love are that. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever cracked a bone? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think which one. So, one in my hand. Like, I don't know. Like the, it, I think it's healed now, but that bone there, whatever it is. And it was so annoying. Like, you know, because you, you, you realize how much you need your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I was in, I was about 15 at that time. So yeah, I had like a splint and everything. But apart from that, I've been pretty lucky. I tore my ACL joint, which is like up the shoulder, but not a break. And when I actually see people in the fitness industry, you know, they break something. I feel so bad because it's like you're relying on on training for your income, really. So I'm now like, like you're, you're in trouble, you know? So I'm now super careful with like, kind of one of the activities I do and um, my form in the gym most of all. And also I think this is a fact that like soccer players and like rugby players, they're not allowed to go skiing in their off season because the chances of them breaking a leg. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I feel like I wouldn't even go skiing. I mean, firstly, I can't (laughs) ski, but like (laughs) now that I'm older, I'm like, there's so many things that could go wrong. Like I couldn't handle being like out of action. And all I do is this, you know, (laughs) I don't need to move. (laughs) I just want to. Get that hand in the gas. You'll be all right. (laughs) The only, the only bone I've actually broken is in in my hand. Okay. Okay. That's not too bad. Um, a time you cracked under pressure. Uh, the event. <laughs> I should just let, I should have just let that be, and, and so that was the I think it was the first one that we spoke about. Should just let it be. Should have let the haters do their thing and keep chatting shy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And this is a question that I like to finish on that is completely unrelated to anything we have talked about, okay. and I will allow you to say yourself as the answer if you want to. I am obsessed with reality TV. I love it. Any type of reality TV, I'm into it. Who is your favorite reality TV star? And you are allowed to yourself because you you did have a stint on Love Island. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go with you know that like the King Rob Lips in season three, four, <laughs> yes. four minutes, four minutes on Love, Love Island. It, it, it's it's got to be me, you know. Yeah. Always back yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mean that brings me to the end of my questions. I think you have. 
I mean, you kind of like summed up crack on so well through all the examples you gave. Is there anything you would like to add or anything we should know what you're up to at the moment or where can everyone find you? I mean, I would encourage everyone to follow Villa Lipsis as well as following you. But Villa Lipsis <laughs> is a great account. Villa came better. <laughs> it's, it's better than my own thing. I find it so satisfying. But uh, no, Murray, thank you so much for having me on. So where to find me? If you just you know, search up Rob Lipsit on Instagram or YouTube, you'll find everything that I'm up to. Uh, fuelcakes.com, the best protein pancakes you'll ever had. And we're actually restocking. So they're sold out at the moment, moment. But we're moving the manufacturer to Ireland. You know, it was giving me in the UK, so a bit of patriotic. Yes, yeah, love that. Patriotism there. And so, yeah, when we restock the, the product, it's going to be insane quality with some new flavors. So fuelcakes.com for that. Uh, game plan for buygameplan.com personalized training programs and then yeah youtube as well and bit of lips that's that's what i'm up to amazing rob you have been an incredible guest thank you so much for doing this and this was so fun uh you've started my day off perfectly 